when we're anxious, we're in something called sympathetic dominance in our nervous system, which basically is fight or flight, which I think most people have heard of. It's our survival mechanism. It's when we think we're under attack. And we're mostly um, in it these days. And we're mostly days. in it these days. And people think, oh, but, you know, I'm not in a war zone. I'm not in a jungle. There's no lions around. It's not like that anymore. Your phone going off with an email or a text is that lion now. Yeah. You know, the the traffic, the sounds, the overstimulation, It's that's the lion. So mm-hmm. we are constantly living in this sympathetic state which is this yeah that fight or flight and our gut doesn't actually work to its best when we're in sympathetic we're more about surviving so our digestive system kind of gets a little bit of a well it kind of just goes by the wayside if I'm Mm -hmm. honest whereas when we're in parasympathetic state which is our calm state our rest state that's when our digestive system and our gut actually starts working correctly Welcome to Retreat Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Kate Williams. I'm a personal trainer, certified health coach, and founder of Retreat Yourself. If you're looking for a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life, then you've come to the right place. Each week, I'll be diving deep into what it means to live a life well lived, holding thought-provoking conversations with some of the world's most inspiring people, leaving you with actionable tips, tools, and takeaways so that you too can lead a life well lived. So grab a cuppa, sit back, relax and enjoy. It's time to begin your journey to your most incredible life. Hello everybody, welcome back to another week on Retreat Yourself Radio. I am feeling so inspired after spending some time with the knowledgeable and amazing Dr. Sarah Jane. For those of you who don't know Sarah, she is a woman of many talents. She is a gentle, non-cracking chiropractor, an intuitive healer, a yoga and meditation teacher and a holistic counsellor. And as you'll hear in this episode, she is incredibly knowledgeable. Sarah believes that our emotional, mental, and physical states are deeply intertwined. So with her varying practices, she aims to get to the root cause of the symptoms you may be experiencing and also just treat you as a whole. In this episode, you'll learn how your emotional and physical body are so closely intertwined, the positives of being open to accepting and trying different types of healing, how following your internal compass can lead to incredible things, that it's okay to seek outsider assistance because it can actually help you to see things much more clearly. And as always, there is so much more. You will really get so much out of this episode. Please remember to tag us online so I can hear where you're listening from. And if you've enjoyed listening along today, I would absolutely love for you to leave a review. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy. Sarah, to Retreat Yourself Radio. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today. <laughs> I always like to start off my podcast with a bit of an icebreaker. I think that a lot of people listening often see people with big followings or like really um, good areas of expertise and they it can seem quite intimidating or kind of out of reach. So I always like to start off by asking a question around something that brings you back down to earth. So I'm wanting to know what your quirkiest quality is. <laughs> that is a tough question, Kate. I, I feel like I'm quirky in many ways, which is probably maybe my quirkiest quality. Um, I guess I've always been a little bit different to everyone and probably quirky is something that I would describe myself with compared to, say, everyone else. Um, the way I dress is a little bit quirky. Um, The things I'm interested in are a little bit quirky. And I guess even my work is a little bit quirky. It's a little bit outside of the box. Um, So yeah, I I don't know anything specifically other than that. um, But I feel like my whole life as a whole really does represent things a little bit yeah, outside of the norm. Yeah, which is so awesome. I'm just going to note here to you guys listening, we're both wearing stripy t-shirts and we both have our hair in high yeah. buns. <laughs> so we look quirky together today. Yeah, we didn't organise that prior. But, you know, we've just done that, which I love. And that's that's just another way of showing, you know, when people are in tune, Yeah, you're saying that you haven't worn that t-shirt in a really long time and then you decided to wear it today. I know, bizarre. And I never wear my hair up. So there we go. So in tune. <laughs> so I know that you're a chiropractor and um, And I also know that you're a yoga teacher, you're an intuitive healer, holistic counsellor, meditation teacher, and I'm sure many other Mm. things. But can you explain what you do in your own words? Yeah, um, 
I think it's easier to explain in my own words rather than all the little titles that yeah, I have. It's yeah. actually a little embarrassing when people are like, you do this, you do that, you're this, you're that. I'm like, oh God, that's so long. Um, because I just, I studied for a really long time because I've always been really interested in the body and not just from a physical aspect, but from an emotional aspect. Um, I suppose I started when I was about 14 or 15, really into spirituality, Buddhism, Hinduism, that kind of thing. And that drew me into more that there's something more to us than just these physical beings, you know. Um, and then I suppose through my own experience in life, I started having physical symptoms that weren't related to a physical illness as such. Mm -hmm. um, and I had gone through some emotional trauma at the time. And that's really what had me thinking there's a connection here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the mind-body connection is something that we have been thinking about for a long time. It's been discussed for a long time, but I do think it is getting um, a little bit more and more research behind it now and, and more people understanding what that means. You know, it's not mind, body, it's mind and body. Yes, um, absolutely. They affect each other. So I guess the best way to explain what I do is I work with the physical body, the energetic body, the spiritual body and the emotional body. Um, so I use a lot of different modalities to access all those areas. Um, and I suppose I'm one of the only practitioners that does it all in one go. Oh, wow. So I'll look at the physical with my chiropractic. I will look at the energetic with the energy healing that I do. I will look at the emotional with things like neuro-emotional technique, um, cranial sacral therapy um, to work with the subconscious and the cerebrospinal fluid, which is really important as well, mm -hmm. and spiritually as well in terms of the holistic counselling. So we can help people in that way as well. So yeah. there's talk therapy. Um, physical therapy and energetic therapy. Yeah, wow. It's mm. amazing. It's yeah. like a full package because I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, often, especially in like Western um, medicine and things, we're, we're always treating the symptoms or we're treating, or mm. you go to one practitioner that treats one part of it, but it's actually a whole picture. So, 100%. What inspired you to get into like Buddhism and stuff when you were so young? Ah, uh, it's really interesting. I, I suppose I've always been a big question asker and thinker from a very young age. Mm. Um, I always felt wanting to, like, why am I here? What What's this about? Why are we all here? There's mm. got to be some meaning behind this. And I think from just a very young age, I've been looking for, for meaning, um, which I suppose is quite young. I think my mum bought me my first Deepak Chopra book at yeah, like 13. Wow. Um, so I was amazing. always really interested in that. Um, and I guess that's kind of my spirituality idea. It made sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, that, that was my religious kind of out. out totally. Yeah. Totally. It's just, yeah, it's, it fit for me. Yeah. Um, and my mum was quite open in that sense as well. So she influenced me in that way too. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, I, I think I got into like Buddhism and stuff when I was around 21, 22. Yeah. Oh, actually not, probably not 21. I think I was still in my party phase then. <laughs> but, uh, I still went there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like people that are on a bit of a spiritual journey do go into that oh, because definitely. you're searching and you're experimenting and yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and a lot of people are always like, that's so young to be thinking about that. Mm. So that's amazing that you're thinking about it at the age of 14 and 15. That's yeah. incredible. And it just, yeah, it fit my ideas of what life was already at that point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I liked the way of the rules of the, their way of life, of living. Um, it made sense to me rather than like just don't steal, don't, you know, yeah. that kind oh, of totally. thing. It, it made more sense for me and the way that I wanted to live my life because um, I always had quite a strong identity in that sense of, mm -hmm. of what I was wanting for my life. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I did an undergrad uh, in art science, my first degree, and it was in world religions and was my minor. So, wow. yeah, I've always been really interested in it. So interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so touching on, you know, we were talking about how um, there's often different types of practices that uh I suppose, treat one particular type of thing, like treat mm -hmm. one symptom or treat mm -hmm. one area. Mm. I want to know kind of why work like yours is important or how you can explain it to the listeners rather than just going to a GP or, or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, general practitioners and, and medicine and Western medicine as a whole has a place. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about yeah. that. Um, but I find that people who incorporate the both get much better results than someone who's either solely westernized in that sense um, because like you said it is symptom-based treatment um, and most of the time it's pharmaceutically based treatment as yeah. well um, and I'm not saying that that's there's anything wrong with that mm -hmm. um, but sometimes if there's an option to work more holistically with the body and maybe get to more of a root cause rather than treating the symptom why is the symptom there 
is more my question. Mm. Um, not just, okay, you have back pain, let's give you something to eliminate that back pain by giving you a medicine that blocks the pain receptors in your brain and then you won't feel it. Mm, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, that that has its place too um, to a certain extent, yes. But for me, I'm like, well, why do you have the back pain? What happened? Especially if there's not been a physical trauma Um why would you get back pain all of a sudden? Mm. Um, most people are like, oh, I've had it for three months, for instance, and then they come and see me. And I say, okay, well, what happened three months ago? And usually there's an emotional factor that happened three months ago. Maybe they're going through a divorce. Maybe they're made redundant at work. Yeah, Maybe, yeah. who knows? Um, but an emotional factor usually is, is making an influence as well. And for me, I wanted to combine a whole bunch of things because I was finding that I was going to 10 different practitioners for 10 different things and it was costing a fortune. Um, (laughs) It really does. (laughs) And it was actually exhausting for me as well in terms of telling my story to my acupuncturist, telling my story to my counsellor, telling my story to my um, chiropractor that actually manipulated because I don't do any manipulation, I don't do any cracking, Mm. Um, but there's still benefit in that. I just don't practice that Is that because of your choice or is that because...? Um, Because of my choice. um, I found that people who usually see me are highly sensitive or highly empathic individuals, which means that their body is already really stimulated as it is. Um, This world is really stimulated Mm -hmm. as it is. So in my experience, putting more force into a system that's already hyper um, wasn't as beneficial as working with the body on a more gentle level. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why I chose to work that way. But, you know, I'd see a normal car, I'd see a kinesiologist, I'd see my Reiki person. I was like, oh, like surely if I'm finding this overwhelming, other people are too. And especially if you have anxiety, depression or mental health, it can be really overwhelming going to all these appointments, financially, mm. everything. Mm. Um, so I wanted to be someone where, which could combine all those therapies in one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How many years have you studied to do that? Or how I did many? nine years of university study. Wow. Yeah, nine all, years. Is that all for your chiropractor degree? Or? Um, and my psychology. And psych, psych. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. I did arts and um, science originally um, with a major in psych, minor in world religions, and then I did my health science and clinical science. So that was, yeah, nine and a bit years mm. um, full-time as well. And yeah, and then the type of chiro I do, I had to study extra um, because it's not taught in schools because it's mainly manual, that is. Um, And then all my energetic healing, I've either been shown or done extra training in again. Um, So yeah, every uh, cranial sacral extra training again. Yeah. Uh, So a lot of. That's crazy. But I love learning. Yeah. It's it's not a thing for me. You Um, wouldn't be able to do it if you didn't love learning. (laughs) Yeah. I just love it and I never get bored of it. So, yeah. um, Yeah. What was like life like before that? Like, had you always known that you wanted to get into this field? I know you said you you started um, getting interested in Buddhism and stuff Mm -hmm. in your teenage years. But prior to that, what was life like? Um, I didn't think I wanted to be a chiropractor because I actually didn't know what that was (laughs) until I was about 22, I think. 23. I started working for a chiropractor by chance. I was actually a fashion buyer at the time for a surf company oh wow um which I loved um but it didn't have meaning behind it um it was all numbers it was all business you know uh and and a bit you know about superficial things I guess is the best way to put Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. Um, but I still love fashion so Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I wanted something more in terms of a career so and I always was looking for something I used to change jobs going well maybe it's this maybe it's that couldn't find it so I actually went home and typed the word meaningful into seek (laughs) amazing (laughs) yeah and um, a chiropractic assistant job and practice manager job was the only job that came up yeah so I applied for it um, and then with no experience or anything and somehow got the job Um, and from honestly from the first moment I walked in I knew straight away that this was something that maybe what I'd been searching for. Wow so you've Mm. just had like meaning or you've just followed your heart basically through all of it. Well that's something I've always done Mm. Um, because even when I was you know when I did finish school and I was studying but I would change jobs here there and everywhere I was like what are you doing now like I I just never had any fear if something didn't feel right I didn't do it. Mm. I've always had a strong, uh, yet yeah, compass in that way. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Which maybe looks a little irrational to some people. <laughs> I've never been, you know, that I don't have that realistic mindset, um, which has actually done, you know, me a lot of favours in a way. Yeah. Um, I'm just always like, oh, well, no, let's think this, let's think bigger, you know. So, which is awesome. That's yeah. so good. And that'll be why you're doing so many different things and you're yeah. making so many changes to people's lives. Yeah. No, it's, and it's a very rewarding, rewarding practice. Um, yeah. You know, it really, really is. What would a session with you look like? So it's a little bit different with everyone, depending on their reason um, for seeing me. So um, I used to be very strict. You used to only be able to see me if you knew someone else who saw me. 
I've only just opened my books for the first time, I think three weeks ago for for anyone wow. as a new client because um, I like to cap it at a certain amount um, to make sure that you can get in for sessions as well because mm-hmm. it's getting a point where you had to wait too long to get back in, which isn't ideal for people with um, anxiety or yeah, yeah. anything like that. So um, it looks predominantly like you come in, you give me a little brief history of yourself, um, what the main thing is that's bothering you, so to speak. Maybe it's a physical symptom, maybe it's an emotional symptom. And I basically do a timeline of your life um, with emotional stresses, physical stresses, chemical stresses. And we kind of just try to map the, the symptoms with life. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we try to context everything because mm. to me context is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that tells you half the story. But I also ask the client what do you think is going on because um, you have more of an idea of what's going on in your body um, from your intuitive aspect. Um, just like if you feel like something's off, you go to the doctor. There's something telling you within you know, your innate intelligence that something is going on yeah. um, well you wouldn't be in my office anyway exactly. you know yeah. Yeah. and most people will have a reason they'll say oh, I think it's because of this I think it's because of that and then when I actually do the mapping they can actually see and, and join the dots if by chance they didn't and then um, we may do some counseling uh, we may do um, some chiropractic gentle chiropractic which means no cracking chiropractic which works with uh, it's called network spinal analysis. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it works with more the energetic and fascial systems. Yeah. Uh, then I use an activator, which is like a clicker. I don't know if you've heard of that no, or seen that in a I chiropractor. What is that? Um, it's like a little gun. Um, <laughs> it doesn't very, <laughs> yeah. doesn't very A nice gun. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it goes tick, 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 tick. And it basically is a, the same as a manual manipulation. So it creates a high velocity thrust, but with a, a tool instead wow. of... Um, your hands. Yeah. yeah. Is it painful? No, it's very, very, very okay, gentle, <laughs> which is why I use it. Um, and I utilize tapping with that as well. So yeah. a bit of EFT in regards to that too. Um, and then I might do some soft tissue work, for instance, because emotional trauma stores in our lower back muscles, in our psoas hip flexor muscles. So I might release that too. Um, then we do the energetic work, which is a combination of bioenergetics, uh, Reiki, a whole bunch of different stuff merged into one and then I usually roll you over because you're on your tummy at that point um, and I will do cranial sacral therapy access bars which are all energetic points on the head relating to emotional things mm-hmm. um, and both of them kind of work with physical stuff and also subconscious stuff and yeah and a few other things as well but that's a typical yeah typical session I feel like a lot of people it was Reiki and, and things like that they have mm-hmm. They kind of they don't understand how it works, or they yeah. think it's a bit woo woo. So yeah. it's it's really it's really great that you're doing so many things in one. Do you yeah. find that if somebody comes to you and they think you're a chiropractor, and you start doing this other stuff, have you ever had anyone kind of backlash? I haven't had anyone backlash, but that is why I'm uh, I was originally. Uh, you had to know someone to come and see me. And the reason for that was because I wanted the person to already trust me. So, for Mm. example, if you saw me um, and you had a really good response, you would then tell maybe your partner, for instance, and he'd be like, oh, I don't want to go see an energy healer or blah, blah, Mm. blah. And you'd be like, no, no, this is what's happening for me. And they usually can see the difference in you themselves too. So then they come and they're already open-minded and they're already, you know, um, can see some benefits to it. Uh, But I also try to make it really I call it rational spirituality yeah yeah, yeah good <laughs> or like <a laughs> rational holistic therapies yeah yeah because um, I'm not you know this way or that way I, I like to think I'm, I'm middle grounded and I like to think that um you know I wouldn't have done science degrees if science meant nothing to me mm. it really does mean something to me um and holistic therapies and energy we are all energy that is science yeah. you know um and I try to take it in a rational way but also in a holistic way and I meet people where they're at so I think that's something I am good at. I adapt to the person in front of me mm. and I will use language that makes sense to them. Yeah. So yeah. maybe one person I speak a little bit more open with, um, we might talk about, you know, do you want to do some angel cards or something like that even? And then someone else who's not interested in that, that's okay. They still get a huge benefit from my session and my, I might say maybe, oh, your lower back structurally felt um, a little fixated today. So we've worked with that and released the tension. Mm-hmm. So. Same, same thing, yeah. same treatment, but different, different words. Deliveries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because it's funny, I think a lot of, it's especially with anxiety and depression and stress, which is beca- people are becoming more 
aware of these mm. um, conditions, I guess you could call them. Um, mm. And but before it's like you know, and we're, we're starting to st- see that if somebody is anxious or the, or they're going through a, a rough time, mm-hmm. that they're able to take some time off work or that yeah. kind of thing. But yeah. like for so long, it's always been that people only believe what they can see mm. or that they can explain in ways that they understand with like scientific terms and stuff. So. Yeah. Do you feel like the world's changing towards that as well? We're changing. We're getting more open, definitely, but it's still very much a stigmatised mm. thing. Um, I think we think we're a little bit more open to it than what we actually are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally agree. When it comes down to it, <laughs> yeah. really. Um, again, I, if I hurt myself physically and my leg was in a cast, people would understand that. Yeah. Um, if I'm emotionally upset, People find that hard to understand because mm. um, it's it's in like an invisible illness, for example. Um, there's a lot of illnesses as well at the moment that are related to anxiety, for instance, which are psychogenic, which means that it's in your head, so to speak, mm. um, but they're physical symptoms. So things like fibromyalgia, that kind of thing, I'm seeing a lot more of that. Um, and people don't quite understand that. Even things like um, chronic fatigue, people mm. don't quite understand. Well, why don't you just get up? Yeah, um, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, it, there's a lack of understanding. I think um, as as a whole, we're trying to be less judgmental in regards to it. Um, you know, we've got Are You Okay Day, we've got you know Mental Health Days, all that kind of thing. We are slowly trying to change it, but ultimately, people come and see me because they still feel disconnected mm. from people as a whole. They feel misunderstood. They feel like people think that there's something wrong with them, especially emotionally. People think that people think that they're weak, yeah, um, or that they're just carrying on. They need to get over it, um, or they feel like they don't want to burden people around them because maybe they don't feel happier at the moment. Mm. Or you know, it's like, oh, you're still sad, you know. Um, and especially for men as well, I've been getting a lot more younger men in terms of mental health now too, yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm really grateful for. Mm. Um, they don't seem to have as much access to things as well or feel comfortable with accessing those things. Mm. Like we have Lifeline, we have these things, um, but people still feel, you know, a restriction there in terms of actually accessing these things or even telling their boss, hey, I'm struggling mentally. Can I please have a mental health day mm. off? Um, it, it's it's yeah. bigger than say I hurt my arm. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's it still definitely exists today, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. I think coming from the other side of the fence, like somebody comes to you and they're having a bad day or they're going through a bit of stress or anxiety, because we're so wrapped up in how busy our lives are and all the things that are going on for us, I think sometimes um, we lack, not, we don't lack, yeah, we lack empathy, empathy. I guess. Oh, yeah. And that, I think that that is the biggest thing. Yeah. Like sympathy is, you know, feeling sorry for someone yeah. and looking at the situation and be like, oh, that must suck. But empathy is putting yourself in their shoes. And really all of this comes down to empathy and, and being able to understand, you know, yeah. put yourself in their position. But and I think exactly what you said, people are very wrapped in their own life. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they're not even thinking to empathize with you. You know, mm. they're so over <laughs> driven in their own thing. Yeah. Um, but exactly right. And I think even when I say that I do counseling, for me, my counseling is literally just actively listening to someone with empathy mm-hmm. and compassion mm-hmm. and making them, reassuring them, making them feel like I would feel that way too if that happened to me. Mm. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. You know, I'm, you're not here for me to fix you. Um, and I don't give advice necessarily either. Mm. A lot of us, when we listen, we listen to either respond or we listen to then give our two cents. Well, have you tried this? Or oh, my friend's cousin, she was anxious once yeah, yeah, and yeah. then she went and did this. And, you know, um, it's a way of us trying to assist people, but a lot of the time it, it's actually not helpful. People just want someone to feel like um, they're listening and in a non-judgmental way and in a compassionate way and that they feel supported and not alone. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of people still feel misunderstood and alone. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think a lot of the time when you start talking about these kinds of things, you realise that you actually, you can figure out the answers for yourself, I mm. think. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so obviously, you know, your whole thing is about the mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. What do you think, like how would you identify your emotions and and them having because you know you could say that your emotional health massively affects your physical health yeah how do you know how does an individual know without coming to see someone like you yeah that that is that is happening well uh, for an example maybe um gut health and anxiety 
gut health and anxiety tend to go hand in hand. Why would that be? Well, when we're anxious, we're in something called sympathetic dominance in our nervous system, which basically is fight or flight, which I think most people have heard of. It's our survival mechanism. It's when we think we're under attack. And we're mostly um, in it And we're mostly days. in it these days. And people think, oh, but, you know, I'm not in a war zone. I'm not in a jungle. Um, there's no lions around. It's not like that anymore. Your phone going off um, with an email or a text is that lion now. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the traffic the sounds, the overstimulation, it's, that's the lion. So we are constantly living in this sympathetic state, um, which is this, yeah, that fight or flight. Uh, and our gut doesn't actually work to its best when we're in sympathetic. It, we're more about surviving. So our digestive system kind of gets a little bit of a, well, it kind of just goes by the wayside, if I'm mm-hmm. honest. Um, whereas when we're in parasympathetic state, which is our calm state, our rest state, um, that's when our digestive system and our gut actually starts working correctly. Um, so if we're in fight or flight all the time, the gut's not getting the chance to work optimally. Mm-hmm. And that's why I often see a lot of the time anxiety and gut issues. So that's a, an emotional response affecting a physical response. Mm-hmm. But even more simply, if you're nervous, you feel a physical response in your tummy, like a butterfly, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and that's an emotional reaction. Um, even that when I talk about having a gut instinct about something or a gut feeling following your intuition, sometimes you can feel that physically as well. So mm-hmm. they're just some little examples of how the emotions and the physical can go hand in hand. And it goes both ways. So say, for instance, you just had a knee reconstruction that, and you can't walk for two months, that can have an effect on your emotional health as well, especially mm-hmm. if you're an athlete, yeah. for instance. Um, so it goes both ways. Yeah, wow. That's yeah. So, so interesting. We were actually talking the other day. We have like a, in our eight-week reset community, we've got like um, a theme every day and it was Fun Fact Friday and one of the girls that works with me, Elise, was like, cool, I'm going to put a, a fun fact and it's like seven, you have 70,000 thoughts in your head every day. And she's like, I know that you only engage with some of them, so what's happening with the other thoughts and Mm. how do you change them? And it's like Mm. they must in some way or another massively impact. Oh, they do. And it changes your physiology as well. Mm. It even changes your posture. If you look at someone and their posture is all hunched and (laughs) (laughs) if you look at someone and they're hunched over and they're, they're, they're low, what do you think you see about that person? They don't look confident. They don't look happy. That's all emotional states Mm. as well, Mm. um, showing in the body physically. Whereas someone standing straight, you think, oh, they're, you know, they're confident. They might love their life a bit more. You know, you don't know, but everything is connected. So connected. Yeah, so connected. With though, I suppose, because it's easy to say your emotional state affects your physical state, Mm. Um, but I suppose for people listening, it's like, okay, cool. So maybe the way that something that's happened to me in my life is affecting the way that I behave. Maybe mm-hmm. the way that I beha- I'm not happy with the way that I behave. So I want to get to the bottom of why. Mm-hmm. What would you, what would something, what could they do to start to understand themselves a bit more and delve into that? Come and see me. Come and see you. <laughs> yeah, that was de- that's definitely. Um, the reason being, sometimes it's difficult to do that kind of work on our own. Mm. Um, sometimes Get you need, in your head. yeah. Sometimes you need someone to kind of um, delve into it with you, mm-hmm. and kind of because um, an outsider can kind of make sense of things a little bit more, and I might be able to communicate it to you in a way that makes sense for you, and maybe in a way you hadn't thought of before. Yeah. Um, it's like when you're in a relationship and you can't see it and then your friend will go oh why are you with that person you're like well I love them and then you look at their relationship you're like why are they with them you know you just see things really clearly Mm. when you're not within it yourself Mm -hmm. so sometimes you just need that little outside assistance to help you break down those things if you're struggling to do it on your own Mm -hmm. Um, but one way is what I just said before maybe map your emotional stresses in your life in a timeline that's amazing that did you make that up uh, well, like come I up think, with it. Yeah, well, I, I started doing it. I don't know if it's, it's so, come from somewhere or what. It's amazing, um, yeah. But I wanted to do a map of people's lives um, and not just bad things, good things too. So mm. like prominent things in your life, maybe it was like getting married or graduating university or starting a business. So there's also those positive things in there too. But I also want to know what the big things were because the things you write down, you may not have even realised affected you as much mm-hmm. as they did. Yeah. And you're like, why did I? I don't know. A lot of people say, I don't know why I wrote that down. Yeah. It's, it's funny the things I feel like we carry more than we realise. Oh. Like I remember things that like 
kids said to me when I was at school. That was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like people kid. who remember what teachers said to them in yeah, prep, yeah. you know, um, oh, sit down and be quiet, you know, something like that. And they're 40 trying to work on expressing themselves, mm. you know. Um, it's amazing what you take on and things that you remember. And, and like everyone knows, a negative thing or a thing like that can just stay within you and it takes 10 million more positive things to kind of rechange and rewire that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane how much it can affect your life. If somebody's going through a tough time, mm -hmm. knowing that it might impact your emotional health moving forward, how can you guard or, you know, guard yourself or be mindful or aware of the mm. situation and make mm. sure that you're kind of across everything that's going on, if mm. you get what I mean. I know in the moment and there's so many emotions going on and it's yeah. really hard to yes. be, you know, <laughs> sort your mind out, but it's like mm. is there anything that you would recommend for people to do? Like would it be like writing or talking to Journaling, people? things like that mm. are really important. Um, and I say with the journaling you don't have to write like, dear diary, it's yeah, Kate yeah. here. You know, um, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have to Today make it. Today I ate. <laughs> Your dinky diary. Oh, yeah. Am I showing my age? Hopefully people know what that means. If they don't, I'm scared. Um, you know, just write and don't. you don't need to make sense of it and mm -hmm. you'll be surprised what comes out. Also just being aware of actually how you're feeling, um, not judging how you're feeling, being okay with feeling that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of us, like when we feel sad, oh, that's a negative emotion, I don't want to feel sad, you know. Be okay with feeling sad, mm. especially if something's happened that is quite sad. Yeah. Um, you know, you're allowed to have these emotions. It's it's okay. We kind of do live in a society where it's like chin up, you know, yeah. um, or you can be sad for a little bit but then you need to, you know, we've. <laughs> I hear it all the time, well, at least you've got your right arm, you know, like it's yeah. this minimising culture as mm. well. We don't need to minimise anything. That doesn't work. Mm. Um, just like telling someone let it go doesn't mean they're going to, let it go. Um, yeah. I think it also makes people just cover things up. Yeah. Like if you're sad, it's just another emotion of life and, yeah, it's uncomfortable but, like, covering it up is only pushing it to the, to you know, pushing it down and not, not well, managing it. Well, that's exactly, it. and you just said the right words perfectly. If we're pushing it down, where do you think that goes? Mm -hmm. Into your body. Into your body. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of us just keep stuffing things down or sweeping it. Yeah. Not not addressing it, um, and that's because it can be painful to address it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes seeing me isn't, you know, it would be a challenging time. Um, I always make sure people leave feeling on a good note, yeah. but it can require some, you know, experiencing some feelings that maybe are a little challenging to feel. Mm. Um, you know, it's 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 not an easy process delving into that stuff or yeah. delving into that five-year-old whose dad left them or yeah. delving into um, that 10-year-old who was bullied at school. You know, this is all stuff that accumulates. Yeah. It accumulates and that's why you'll get to a certain point where it's too much and that's because you didn't deal with the one before, the one before that, mm. the one before that and it just layers. Yeah. And it's also not helped with, I mean, obviously when you're a kid you don't necessarily have social media or maybe you do these days. Yeah, I think they do but like with, you know, <laughs> but like you know, when we were kids it's like playing out in the trees yeah. and all that kind of thing. But, no, now with, you know, social media and the whole, I, I think social media is such a strong tool. Like we connected over social yeah. media and that's amazing. Like I'm able to promote my business and the podcast and everything through social media and same with you with your mm -hmm. business. But mm -hmm. it, it is just a tool it's a place of highlight reels and that makes, I think, a lot of people deal with um, comparison. They're like, I'm having mm, a shit yeah. day and old mate over here is just happy as Larry. Yeah. And it just, it's real. I feel like the, we're, we're progressing in so many ways but also digressing in yeah. so many ways as well with I think it, that's in two points in the sense I think we need to work on the fact that what we see isn't actually reality sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, you're not. They're not going to post their stuff that's not going right in their life mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Um, and we have to kind of get that. It's like advertising, you know. Um, <laughs> totally. We have to understand that there's a, a bit of truth manipulation there, all yeah. right. But then we also have a responsibility as people on social media to not do that. I don't do that. There's mm -hmm. actually a post of me crying, you know, uh, on my page. Do I look pretty? No. Do I look sad? Yes. You know, um, and that's how I felt that day. And I didn't have it in me to post something like, hi guys, how are you going? Cause I was like, that's not real. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want my clients or people who follow me to think that, oh, she's just always happy or she's always this. And, um, 
a lot of people responded really well to that, um, which shows that there is some growth in terms of acceptance of emotional, mm. um, you know, sadness. But, yeah, so we've got responsibility to post things that are real and then we also have responsibility as people on social media to maybe only follow people that make us feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow people who inspire me. I, I follow people who lift me up, um, who actually contribute more to my life by me following them. Yeah. And, and so I'm quite strict. I've got good boundaries of what I allow to touch me and what I don't allow to touch me. And boundaries is a whole other thing that we all need to work on in mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> so I'll be here tomorrow with Kate again <laughs> to talk about boundaries. <laughs> the next two hours. <laughs> yeah, with, with social media, like this topic comes up so much and I, I often reflect on it. I'm like, why do we come around to talk about Instagram or, or social mm. media? But it's... Such a huge part of our lives and especially mm. when you're running your business on there and things like that. And yeah. I just I think that one of the, the biggest ways we can guard ourselves against the comparison to other people or other people's highlight reels is focusing on ourselves. Mm, very much so. And building ourselves up and our own self-esteem and our own sense, sense of confidence and I think mm. also with our children and our children's mm-hmm. children. Very it's, much so. It's, yeah, it's our responsibility. Yeah. To, and I'm kind of glad social media didn't exist when I was younger, if I'm honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how I would have coped with that. Yeah, um, because, yeah. again, people are accessible at all times and kids are accessible at all times from other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and kids don't have that intelligence yet or that emotional intelligence because they're kids mm. and they haven't developed that part of their brain yet and they will do and say things that can be so hurtful, you know, um, yeah. that can impact people. I, I have quite a few younger children that see me who have been bullied on, mm. on social media as well. So I think kids just don't often think of consequences. Well, they don't have that oh, part in their brain's not developed yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's just not there. Yeah. That's why, you know, that tool, like you said, it's an amazing tool and I have met so many people and, I, you know, I get a lot of my business from Instagram. I'm very lucky in that sense. Um, But, yeah, you've got to use that tool wisely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot, yeah, a lot of the time it comes down to the individual. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Retreat Yourself is built on the 10 pillars of wellness. And I know that this will very much align with what you're about. Um, you know, how like fitness, uh, wellness isn't just, <laughs> I can't spit my words out. Wellness isn't just food and fitness. And, no. you know, we've been talking about the way that the world's moving. Mm-hmm. I think people are starting to realize that it's not just eating a, a balanced diet and working out. Like that is definitely a great starting ground because it definitely makes you feel mm. good about yourself and in your life. Yeah. But happiness and wellness comes down to so much more than that it's your emotional health like what you've Mm. been saying it's your mindset it's all of these different things so I one of the reasons that I started this podcast was to really retreat yourself uh, as a business wasn't started to sell products it was started Mm. it started to help people with their lives and Mm -hmm. the the boxes were just a vessel to be able to get that message out there Mm. (laughs) Mm. um so the podcast is really a way to kind of talk about the 10 pillars and get tips from the people that I'm talking to because I think the more people you hear from and the more kind of, yeah, just the more bits and pieces that you hear from different people, the more you can form, form your own opinion. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go through each of our 10 pillars and I'm going to ask you for your number one piece of <laughs> advice or tip or just something that you do in that area that you find mm-hmm. will really works for you and helps you in that area. Yep. I'm going to start with mind because I think that that's, really probably the most important pillar mm. and I, I'd say you'd, you'd agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the the one thing that kind of dictates every other area of health. You, you, your mind decides what you're going mm. to eat and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have one tip or one thing that you could say or give somebody a tool to take away to help them improve their mindset? I think in terms of mindset, you've really got to look at it in a way of almost parenting yourself. Mm. Um, and self-care in the sense of, for example, I woke up this morning and I didn't want to meditate. I don't normally want to meditate every morning, but I, I do it and it's a non-negotiable for me. I only do 10 minutes every day, um, but it's just a non-negotiable. It's just what I do. Mm. And that helps me clear my mind and be on this, uh, I guess, uh, energetic 
level um, that helps kickstart my day for the rest of the day. Mm. Um, So I actually have to challenge my own mind when it says, no, I don't want to do that, just sleep in, blah, 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 and and not berate myself and think of it as a motivational thing, but think of it more as just something small, consistent that can help me with my mindset every day um, and that I can commit to and that I know I can do, so I do that. Um, But, yeah, look after yourself. Speak to yourself the way you would speak to other people. Um, people don't do that. The way people, uh, their internal dialogue, the things that they say about themselves to themselves, they'll never say to anyone else. Mm. So be, you know, care for yourself a bit. I like that. I like the be your own parent. Yeah, be your own parent. Because your, your parents would be like, now get up every day and yeah, do this. Yeah, and... get, make your bed, mm-hmm. for instance. A lot of people get up and don't make their beds. Yeah. Um, it, that can change your life getting up and just doing that task and making your bed. Mm. Um, but literally, yeah, parenting yourself. I don't know about you, but when I first moved out, for instance, I'd buy like packets of Tim Tams and I'd be like, well, no one's telling me what to do, so I'm just going to eat them all. And then you realise, okay, maybe mum was right. Maybe there's a reason we don't do that. Um, <laughs> You've got a sugar hangover. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's, and it's, yeah, respecting yourself enough to have boundaries and, and rules for yourself that's beneficial for you overall. Mm. You know, it's not just in the moment. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time we do things things like that, that actually um, isn't beneficial to us. It's kind of self-destructive and self-sabotage you. So we can then go, see, I knew you wouldn't do it. Yeah. See, yeah. I knew, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is why you're not getting anywhere. See, this is why you're negative all the time. See, and it's just an opportunity for us to berate ourselves again. Mm. Um, so why would we do that? You know, there's some payoff there that wants us to feel bad. Yeah, exactly. How would you say that somebody would identify when they're doing that, when they're self-sabotaging? I would say when someone says, I really want to do this, but I just can't seem to do it. Mm. Like I really want to do yoga, but I can't seem to get there. Or I really want to meditate every day, but I just can't do it, won't do it. Yeah. Um, that resistance. So for me, if I feel resistance, I do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, oh, that's interesting. There it is. Otherwise you've got that guilt and that's worse. Well, it, not, definitely. Yeah. And because it's, it's your mind playing a trick on you. Mm. Your heart wants to do that. So listen mm. to that part of you. There's different levels of you. Yeah. Listen to the real you, not yeah. just that voice or that thought in your head. Mm. Yeah. So wise. <laughs> That's why they pay me the big dollars, mate. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what about food? So you spoke about gut health before and obviously mm-hmm. your emotional health affecting your gut health. Mm-hmm. I believe that gut health also affects your mental health. Like if you're, that can work the other way around. Mm. What, do you have any specific, um, a, a specific tip to somebody to improve their gut health? For me, uh, in terms of food, it's not so much don't eat this, eat this, do this, mm. do that. It's, it's more about eating less processed foods, less artificial colours foods, um, eat real food, mm-hmm. um, not food that's just, you know, um, that you've got from the supermarket that's packaged and you heat up in the microwave, yeah. you know, alive food. Um, and that's what f- feeds our body, you know. Um, so for me, eating real food good food, organic food, if you can. I know sometimes that's difficult. Um, And intuitively eat as well. Like, for instance, um, I don't label myself as a vegetarian or a paleo Mm. or anything like that. Um, Sometimes if I feel like fish, I'll get the best fish I can get and I'll make it, you know, and I'll eat fish. Mm. Um, Sometimes I feel like um, just vegetables I'll eat just vegetables um, but I try to make everything myself as much as I can as well because it's that process and that ritual of food that also contributes to everything yeah um, it's not just you know we're not meant to just drive in our cars and get something quickly but life's so busy and so I understand it but if you can make it a priority to organize that that you will notice a big difference and in terms of gut health other things we can do um, making sure we drink enough water Mm. A lot of us don't even do that. Such a simple one, but so important. Yeah, um, a lot of people are dehydrated. That I see, yeah. and you know, and I actually can feel chemical um, reactions in the body as well when people don't eat well. I can feel it. It's really puffy. It's got a puffy sensation to it. Uh, is that just? Is that um, like what's it called when you? It's get... like an inflammation kind yeah, of feel almost. Yeah, yeah, and I can tell that they like even if they've had a big weekend. I'm like. Did you have a big – I didn't want to tell you. I knew you would know, you know, because um, you can feel it in yeah. the body. The body's processing this stuff that it doesn't normally process as mm. well. Um, so for me, drinking water, just trying your best to eat real food, know where your food comes from is also a good mm. thing. Um, and, yeah, 
that's about it. Um, probiotics are also good for gut health specifically as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our you know, neurotransmitters like serotonin is actually made in our gut and that affects our mental state. Um, so making sure you have good nutrition. It's just a no-brainer really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's yeah. a lot of information out there but it's still so complicated. Well, yeah. I, I don't I, even understand what I'm reading sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And there's just so many conflicting theories. And, and that's why I say intuitively eat as mm-hmm. well. Like, yeah. uh, I don't want you to put yourself in a box where I'm like, I'm this, I'm that, and these oh. are the rules and these, like, I don't like restriction, I don't mm-hmm. like that. Just, you know, try to eat good, healthy, well-rounded food. Yeah. You know, some people say, oh, don't eat eggs, they're high in cholesterol. Eat an egg, you know, <laughs> it's fine, you yeah. know. Um, so... Because everything changes. In another two years, they'll say dairy's this and it's yeah. good for your bones and then it changed again, you know. So just do what feels good for you. Maybe yeah. you eat dairy and it doesn't make you feel, it doesn't agree with you. Cool. That's a, that's a information from your body telling you that maybe that's not something for you. Mm. So eat something else. Yeah. Listen to your body. Listen to your body. <laughs> what about movement? So you've spoken about how you're a chiropractor mm-hmm. um, and obviously you would deal with a lot of bad backs. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I also have a bad back, so this is why I'm oh, asking. <laughs> here we go. Um, Personal question here. <laughs> trying to get some information. Um, what would you say would be some like low impact exercise that's still good for you? You're still moving your body but it's not bad for your back yeah. or not putting a strain on your back. Well, things just like swimming. Swimming, You know, yeah. swimming's a great one, walking, um, Pilates, yoga and mm-hmm. clinical Pilates more so. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, um, start off with mat Pilates and then work towards the reformers. A lot of people are doing Pilates not knowing what they're doing um, yes. and that can actually cause other issues. Yeah. Um, reformer Pilates is hard. Reformer Pilates is tricky. It's so, it's so tricky and that's yeah. why it's so beneficial when you can, mm. you know, work with it. But you need someone to be able to watch you and so they know that you're engaging the right things because looking at someone, you may not be able to tell if they're engaging their, you know, their core the right way. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people just go, turn on your core, you know. And how do I do that? Yeah, people are like, oh, I don't know how to do that, you know. So um, choosing, you know, a, a, a good studio. Um, even yoga can be really beneficial as well, maybe not a vinyasa class where there's a lot of up and down and a lot of core strength needed because mm-hmm. most likely if you do have a lower back issue, your core probably isn't working as well as it could just from a pure physical point of view. Um, so working on things that help with that. So just, yeah, gentle yoga classes. Pilates, swimming, walking. You don't yeah. need to run 20Ks. You know? Yeah, no, not um, for a bad back. No, <laughs> the no. Um, and, yeah, I really do get a lot of good results with lower backs, mm. really, really good results because, mm. um, yeah, there'll be a reason why it's there. We just exactly. have to figure out what that is. I'll come and see. Yeah. <laughs> figure out the puzzle. What is your – so when it comes down to it, we've talked a lot about like emotional health and, and stuff and I think that comes down to self-love mm-hmm. um, and having enough um, love for who you are to be able to do the best thing by you. Mm-hmm. What would be one like self-love practice that you would do or couldn't live without or would suggest for other people to do? It sounds strange, but my, the number one self-love practice I have is um, having a cup of tea with my husband in the morning, every mm. morning before we go out for our days. Yeah, um, that's something so nice. I can't negotiate. I love cups of tea um, <laughs> and it's our connection for the day, um, you know, and just sets the tone for the rest of my day. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's something that I do for self-love, definitely. I know that's not like as much as what most but people would But that's love say. and it's love with your partner yeah. as well. So that's nice. Yeah. Two, two birds, one yeah. stone. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, a lot of us think, oh, we have to meditate or we have to do yoga. We have to do that kind of thing. Some people, meditation not for them. Sometimes mm. yoga is not for them and that's okay. So you just got to find your thing that puts you in that state of calm. So maybe it's gardening. Mm. Maybe it's cooking. Yeah. Maybe it's um, going for a walk with your dog. You know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, yoga. Yeah, exactly. Um, so find your thing. Awesome. I like that. Mm. <laughs> purpose. What's your number one thing that you would tell somebody if they're trying to find their purpose? That they already have it. Yeah. And I feel like for you it's been very much about following your, yeah. your meaning, following yeah. your yeah. Your and passion. your purpose might change somewhat, you know, as we evolve. Mm. Um, for me, my purpose always was helping. I, I wanted to make the world a better place. I wanted to, as corny as that is, I know no, it's corny. No, I, yeah. I wanted to make people's lives better. I wanted people to not feel alone because I had felt alone before. 
So I just didn't want that for anyone else. Mm. And that's kind of why I started doing what I do. But for instance, I could work at the local cafe and be a waitress and I would still be able to get that purpose out of it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific like career or specific thing. Think about what it is you're actually you care about what you care about mm. what you're wanting and um it's more about rediscovering it mm. i don't think you you're looking for it and it's new and it's out there i think it's already within you and we just have so much layers of what other people think we should do pressures of society or you're you're 35 you can't go back now you should be finished by now whatever it might be that all kind of bury it yeah yeah. So it's literally just rediscovering it sometimes and getting back to knowing yourself properly. A lot of people don't know themselves properly. Mm, yeah, that's so true, knowing what makes you tick and actually listening to yourself. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know. They'll start reeling off things that other people have told them should make them tick. Yeah. Stop and listen to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What about me time? How do you prioritise your me time? I need to prioritise my me time um, <laughs> because I'm an extroverted introvert, as oh, confusing that as that too. is. Oh, oh, it's, it's a yeah. living hell, Kate. Um, <laughs> I, understand. I totally understand. <laughs> so if I don't get time to myself at the end of the day, I'm a nut. So it's really important. <laughs> the other day I got home. I think home. it's a Gemini thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that too. The other day I got home, I worked, I think, 11-hour day talking to people all day doing energy work, physical work. It's a big, it's a big job. Okay. Mm. Um, and then I came home and I just wanted to go upstairs and have a bath because bath's something that I really do love. I always put the little candles on and it just, and I don't bring my phone in. So it just helps me de-relax. De- de- um, what is it? Unravel. Unravel. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Um, <laughs> and anyway, my husband comes in, are you finished yet? Like, I'm ready. Like, come downstairs. I haven't seen you all day. And I'm like, oh, stay a bit by myself. Leave me alone. Yeah, but he loves people. Yeah. Like, and he's got to be with me all the time. Mm. So it's really funny. So sometimes we clash a little bit in that sense. I'm like, I still need to recharge. Yeah. Um, so every day I do recharge. And if I don't, that's when I start seeing my anxiety show up, my stress levels get higher because I haven't had that time to reconnect to myself. Mm. And yeah. I need that. Yeah. It's so important. So it's it's a big one for me. Other people, they get their me time recharging with others mm. and that's okay that's too. That's an extroverted yeah. extrovert or an introverted extrovert. Yeah. Whereas, it's so interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> we it do is. An- another whole topic on that. Yeah. Well, I'm an INFJ. I don't know if you know what that means. For yes, I'm an ENFP. Oh, you're an ENFP. I used to be an ENFP. Yeah, and well, then that's what changed. I was. I haven't done it in a long time. I wonder if you're an INFJ So now. you guys listening, it's there's it Myers-Briggs? Myers-Briggs. Yeah, yeah. Myers-Briggs test tells you a little bit about you and who you are. Yeah, I think it's the 16 personalities is the website yeah. where it's free. There you go. It's very interesting. I'll write that in the show yeah. notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, sleep. What would your number one sleep tip be? Oh, sleep. I, uh, <laughs> um, for me, it's not necessarily, oh, you need eight hours of this or whatever, but listen, when you get home and if you're tired at 9.30, go to bed at 9.30. Mm. You listen know, to your body. Listen again. to your body. That's mm. all it is. Um, I've been getting up a little bit earlier now because I was finding that I was just getting up and then I had to get ready quickly and go. And that was getting a bit much for me. So now I try to get up about an hour earlier before I actually have to get up just to have my cup of tea, just to spend time with my dog, give him a little walk, you know, mm-hmm. and recharge. Um, but what's interesting with that now is now I'm running late a little bit because <laughs> I think I've got extra time, oh. but I don't. Um, so <laughs> I'm working trick. on that now. Um, but, yeah, f- for me, I, I usually only sleep around seven hours and that's good for me. Mm, um, yeah. I, yeah, everybody's different Everyone's as well. different. But, yeah, just listen. I feel like that's just the theme. Yeah, just <laughs> theme of the podcast. Just listen, and just and for listen. example, if you're having trouble sleeping in terms of your mind being on all the time, it's because you didn't have enough time to connect to yourself prior. Mm. So your body hasn't had any quiet time to connect to you, and the only time you've been quiet is getting into bed and lying down, yeah. and that's why it started talking. Yeah. yeah, so make sure you have that time. What about environment? So environment, we talk about the the greater environment, so the world around us, and you know sustainability and stuff. It's also the environment of your home. Yeah. And I'm a big believer. I'm naturally quite a messy person. Like I'm just like brains, 100 miles an hour, all over the place. So <laughs> I tend to like walk through a room and just it looks like a tornado's come through. <laughs> My partner hates it. Um, but so what do you, what would you say, like how would you say that the impact of your home environment has on your mental state and is there any little practices that you do to 
I'm asking for a friend here. (laughs) (laughs) How do I be more tidy? Well, any environment impacts us, doesn't it? Yeah. And so everyone's a bit different. So, for instance, if you're a bit of a a messy person, you might function quite well in that as long as you – it might be organised chaos to you. You might be like, oh, I know where everything is even though it appears that you don't. Um, Whereas someone maybe like your husband, um, he needs things to be a little bit more in their place and in order because otherwise he might start feeling, you know, anxious or a little bit out of control. Yes. um, (laughs) Whereas you might be, it's like organised messy control for you, you know. So we're all a bit different. So it's just, I guess, again, just figuring out what works for you. Um, I'm actually, my husband's really, really clean and I used to be kind of messy and then I thought, okay, I'll try and be organised with him and I actually do feel better even though it wasn't my natural state. I do feel better when things are tidier and I do notice that my cup feels fuller when it's not. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, but again, everyone's... Everyone's different. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess another thing, I don't use chemicals in my house as well. Mm-hmm. Um, try to clean everything with non-chemical if I can. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's uh, – environment's getting more – I think we're getting better at that as well. I think we're, we're talking more and more about that. And even from a practice point of view, um, most chiros use this paper that they have to throw out after mm-hmm. every client. I've got cloths that I wash by hand and iron by hand so that – every yeah, time awesome. that yeah so it's doing something better for the environment rather than just going through pages of pages of paper yeah yeah exactly yeah and the last but not least um fun what would be your favorite activity to just go and have fun or your favorite thing that you would suggest something you would suggest to people to do my favourite activity, it's really embarrassing. Like I really like bowling at the moment. <laughs> that's sad. No, that's great. <laughs> Strike As bowling. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 bowling. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. We've been going bowling recently and I'm actually okay. So I think maybe that's why <laughs> maybe I like that's, it yeah. as well. I'm actually good at this. I'm actually all right at it. Um, I really love bowling at the moment. But I think the main thing is just actually having fun. Like I just realised – well, before my husband, we, we went and did some bowling. He's like, I just realised I hadn't had much fun mm. in a long time. Yeah. Because I'm just always work, 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 work. Um, even if I'm at home, I'm on my phone organising appointments or Instagram or something. I'm always on. Yeah. And then I realised I wasn't having any fun. And it's so important. It's such an important part And I couldn't life. remember something before then when I had fun really. Yeah. Like we go out for lunch and dinner and we go mm. out with friends but – like when's the last time you did that? And then a couple of weeks ago was my um, niece's birthday party and we did laser tag and that Amazing. was like the best thing ever. I was like, oh, I love this, you know. So it's like. Start going to all the kids' yeah, birthday parties. Yeah, like, I want to. laser tag. Yeah. <laughs> so just doing like doing things like what you used to do as a kid and do mm. things just for fun. Like mm. I, I think a lot of us get caught in the nine to five. We're tired on our weekends by the time we get the weekend that we don't really want to do anything. Um, so, yeah, for me. I, it's actually something I want to prioritise a little bit more next year and I want to actually um, do less, which will be interesting. Mm, that's especially my thing. when you, your default is to do more. That's why I'm trying to do less. <laughs> yeah. And I've always um, – I'll do that next year and I always have to achieve and I always have to keep doing this and this and this. And I've just realised my goalpost changes every year mm-hmm. and I, I just – something else I need to achieve. So that's my thing next year to try and still be productive, obviously. Yes, um, yes. But do less. Mm, Yeah. Holiday more. Yes, that sounds perfect. (laughs) Yeah, because I don't take holidays often. So we've just booked three for next year. Where are you going? Hawaii, China and Port Douglas. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Three very different places. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) because I said we need to book them in because I won't do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'll, I'll be like, work's too busy. <laughs> Don't have time. So, yeah, do things like outsmart yourself a little bit too. Know what you will do and so book them. Yeah. You know? Totally. You've got to book it in. Definitely. Yeah. And if you had to give one tip to living a life well lived, what would it be? Mm. Living a life well lived. For me, living a life well lived or, or my idea of it is just being the best human being I can be in the sense of I hope that um, people who know me life is better because they know me Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that I can make a difference to people's lives in that sense and um, just make a difference to people I love and who love me yeah and and that's really what it's all about isn't it yeah exactly I love that it's the deeper that's the real meaning of it all isn't it yeah exactly it all comes down to that yep to love and be loved that's it yeah 
at the core of everything. Yep. Yeah, for sure. It's been so nice having you on the podcast. Thanks it's for been amazing. Me. I love everything that you're about. <laughs> so good. Where can people find you? Uh, so on Instagram, it's Dr. Sarah Jane underscore Cairo. Yeah. I think. But Dr. DR. Yeah, DR. Um, I have a website as well, but most people don't really go to that anymore. Most people just go to my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, just easier to communicate to me there. And yep. that's about it, really. I'm in Kuyong as well, so New Turak. Okay, awesome. Cool. And I'll put those in the show notes as well so people can find them there. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. All I can say is, wow, I don't know about you guys, but I got so much out of this conversation. Sarah is just an absolute beacon of light and just is so knowledgeable and her approach to healing is so refreshing. I feel like I've learned so many little tips that I can apply to my everyday life. I have added Sarah's social links and website in the show notes so that you can get in touch. And also please come and join us in our Facebook community. It's just Retreat Yourself Community on Facebook, which is pretty straightforward. We would love to have you there to join in the fun and the conversations. Thank you so much, guys, and we will catch you next week.